Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and in this episode of Major League Baseball Picks, we'll outline the prices that make for good bets using the predictive mathematical model I've built known as Sideline for Games scheduled to be played on Monday, July 17th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Also, if you're interested in projections of picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Cost under $1 per day. You'll get money line prices, run line prices, totals, numbers needed for A-grade plays, extra player prop picks uh, that I'll be looking through uh, semi-regularly, at least, and uh, giving those out to our Discord. Again, the exclusive access to that Discord chat comes through Dub Club as well. That link's in the show description if you're not with us already. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion of this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. There are no right sides or wrong sides, or other prices where any side should be played. Whether using my model or someone else's, this is the sort of probabilistic thinking that is key to growing your bankroll instead of draining it. There are ups and downs, but with this sort of thinking that balances out in the long run, it's just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so while the long-run profitability has been proven, winning every single day is an impossible reality for any gambler uh jake it's, it's been a while i feel like we had the you know week off of all-star break uh, uh i was out in utah for that for five days and then now i'm in new york uh just traveling around the world because apparently uh that's that's what 2023 is going to be for for my life it's fun i love to travel i mean you're getting you're getting to see every bit of this country that's for sure I, I, yes, I, yes, I am. Uh, we've uh, three days back from the All Star break. Uh, all three days are profitable, so that's always fun. Uh, I'm gonna try to start doing a little better job of recapping uh, the day before, for, especially for recording in the morning. That was the biggest issue uh, with recording the night before. Is that we always talked about like, well, the games are happening now, so I don't know what's happening, right? <laughs> yeah. The games haven't even started yeah. yet, right? Uh, so, you know, always just switching things up, but recording in the morning, we talk about how we've done this, this, this last week in here coming out of the all-star break was, uh, was definitely good times, but, uh, you know, like we're always talking about, we don't get distracted with some small ups or small downs. It's that long run profitability. It keeps working. The A grade play still doing their thing. Uh, just a couple quick reminders for people, uh, the A grade, you changed the grading system up a couple weeks ago at, went to a fourth grade the fourth tier sort of just three. So when we say B grade pick, that is the old like A minus picks. If we say C grade, that's the old B grade. Um, we will also cover one player prop per day uh, going forward. And if you want more player props, you can check out uh, our Discord chat. I'll drop the other ones there and you get there through Dub Club. Jake, am I forgetting anything to mention before we start talking about today's stuff? Not that I know of. I mean, we just... Like you said, after the All-Star break hit the ground running, like there was no break. It just keeps going. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, before we get to today's game, some quick reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications and you don't miss any of the MLB, college basketball, college football, or coming this fall NFL content that this channel provides. You can see how I scale my picks on the screen in the Google Sheet with the season results. That link is in the show description, but as always, with scaling and picks, Take what you like and leave the rest. No day games today, so we're sort of at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Dodgers at the Orioles. Dodgers coming 
uh, off of a almost Sunday night game here in New York that was delayed because of the rain. Uh, we've had this a couple of times now. We've talked about Sunday games being you know, almost as late as a Sunday night baseball game. That game was at least a little quicker than the last time we talked about this. Uh, didn't go extras, but definitely a later ending to them. Of course, a short trip down to Baltimore. Uh, it should be a uh, fairly nice day, a little warm, a little header friendly there. Uh, you know, low 80s, wind, slight breeze blowing out. Pitchers in this one, you know, massive edge for the Orioles, in my opinion, with Grayson Rodriguez versus Emmett Sheehan. Uh, don't be fooled by the ERA for Grayson Rodriguez. 735 ERA, but his XFIP is 390. He projects to be a little bit better than that. Uh, I think he will be just fine. Sheehan was the guy who came on really strong in his first two starts, but I, I mentioned, I think after his second start on show, I was like, hey, y'all, don't be fooled by this. It's, it's smoke and mirrors. Sure enough, he's gotten hit around since then. Uh, underlying metrics suggest his ERA maybe should be even higher than 435. Uh, I really like Rodriguez in this one as a starting pitcher. Uh, both sets of relievers solid enough. The Dodgers, of course, you know, relievers kind of struggling this year, but I think they're not bad. The Orioles relievers, though, of course, pretty good offensively Dodgers better offense but this Orioles offense is pretty strong as well uh, the Orioles kind of kind of under the radar kind of keep chugging along here playing really good baseball uh no one's really talking about them everyone's talking about how crazy the east is but I don't really hear people talking about how good this Orioles team is uh I'm gonna be on the Orioles here minus 108 that's an A grade pick uh, according to the model the Orioles win this 58 percent of the time uh, that'd be a price of minus 138. So anything minus 120 or better gets an A grade. Uh, you could look into the run line if you were interested. The issue is, uh, depending on your book, you may be looking at a reverse run line. Since this one's right around the pick uh, it may be hard to find a Royals minus one and a half. You may be getting a plus one and a half. I would not take a plus one and a half. I'd just take them on the money line. You can lay a little on the run line if you want. Uh, I think the Orioles are going to get to Sheehan and put up some runs against him. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I absolutely love this play with the Orioles. Like you're, you said, nobody's talking about them, and they're solid, very, very solid team. Uh, Rodriguez, I think he's going to be a stud pitcher here in a little bit. Maybe not stud. That might be too much, but he's going to be a lot better than what it's showing. And yeah, the, one of the best things about the Orioles, if they get, if it's a close game in the end, bringing in Bautista, that he's almost perfect on here. I think like it's just yeah. unreal. So it's as long as there's a lead. And the, going in the eighth or ninth, I, I think the Orioles have this sewn up with him going. Uh, and I just don't trust anybody on the Dodgers pitching staff right now. They're, they've got the offense to do it, so there's probably some runs going to be scored in this game. But I just don't trust anybody there to be what they should be. And I, I think the Orioles win this. And I think, and I've mentioned this before, I think I only mentioned it on one show, so maybe if you, maybe viewer if you didn't see that show. My, my thought on the Dodgers bullpen, uh, and it was it was a little similar, I think, maybe to what we've kind of danced around here, so I'll kind of just explicitly say the issue. I think they've got guys who I think are better than the results have been. They've just been used so much. The, the starters, they've all been hurt. Every single starter on that team has has been hurt. Uh, you know, they don't even talk about a guy like Walker Bueller who, you know, we knew at last season would be out for most of this season. Now with Kershaw going down as well, I mean, it, they've just had so many injuries, so many short starts, so many guys called up. And it doesn't help, I think, when you get a guy like Sheehan up there who I just don't 
you know, he's he throws the ball hard and he's got potential. Absolutely. I'm not saying he won't be a good pitcher one day, but it's just really tough to come up from double A, um, you know, and succeed at this level. It's like he just needs some more time to to, uh, you know, fin- fine tune things, hone in, whatever you want to call it. And uh, that's kind of been, I think, the issue with the Dodgers bullpen. It's just been overworked. And so I think these guys then. You know, it's like they keep coming in, like they're going to give up runs eventually. And that's kind of what's happening, what you see happening here, the same sort of thing. Another short start would be my, my, my thought. Uh, and, you know, when you're asking a bunch of guys to go out there, you know, three of them might be good. But if one or two are bad, that's, you know, two, three, four runs right there, boom, right there in the bullpen. And that's kind of what um, has happened to the Dodgers a lot this year. They've had a lot of pitchers do really well, but they've got so many injuries. Uh, you know, it's like it's just caught up to them, the wear and tear. Uh, etc. You know, Jake, I'm curious your thought, uh, why no one's talking about the Orioles? Uh, you know, Tampa obviously was the talk of the town at the start of the season, uh, but the last little bit right into the All-Star break and coming out of it, the Orioles are making a run only one game back of the Rays. Uh, you know, second best record in the American League. You talk about the Rangers, of course, has been a, a good story for people uh, w- with their record, but I mean, the, the Orioles are doing better than them. I, I just don't know why. I don't know if you have a theory as to why no one's talking about this Orioles team and how good they are. I think it's because they're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and then the Rays did what they did at the beginning. Like, they're just yeah. kind of forgotten. And like with the Yankees being so bad this year, not, I mean, I hate it for them that they're in last place. It's just not enjoyable at all. Um, but they're, uh, with all that being talked about and all that, I think they're just in a spot where they just kind of slide under the radar, whether they're good or bad. Just nobody really pays attention. And it might be terrible. And I would be I would be remiss if I didn't point out the Yankees, of course, 50 and 44, not a bad record. It's just a really <laughs> tough division. They're in last place uh, as of right now. And the other the other team of the division, the Blue Jays get a lot of talk because of all their young players, their offense, maybe offensively taking a little bit of a step back this year, but still a really good offense. And then you got Gaussman on the team and you've got their pitch. Difference. So, yeah, you got lots of talking points and there's nothing to talk about with the Orioles. I mean, they just saw there's a solid team uh, with what Rutschman's done for them behind the plate really remarkable. Reminds me of what Buster Posey did for the Giants, uh, you know, towards the tail end of his career. You saw how good the Giants are, I believe it was 2019. He takes 2020 off the Giants, take a huge step back. He comes back for 2021. Giants are good again. And that's kind of what Rutschman's done uh, for that team. But there's, yeah, there's just nothing, you know, Bautista's kind of the big story. I, I think if you talk about him, how good he's been in relief, has elevated there back into the bullpen towards the top of my ratings. Uh, but, you know, it's, yeah, they're just a good team, and you're not hearing a lot of buzz about them at home. The Dodgers team is good, but, uh, you know, you got to look at the starting pitchers, and I think it's a pretty big mismatch here uh, in favor of Baltimore. Do you, uh, do you think there's any, um, any like, substance to with the Dodgers playing an interleague game that they might let uh, Sheehan go a little longer than what they normally would to kind of save that bullpen a little bit? You know, when lost doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I I think the issue with that is with the young pitcher, you know, you always want to save the innings, protect the innings. I think they have, I don't think they can afford to do that really because they have no idea if he's going to be needed for them in September and October. And of course, the minor league season ends usually right around Labor Day. And so he's, you know, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. I have to look it up how many innings he threw last year. But if he continues to pitch, uh, you know, meaningful innings for this team, pitch into September, pitch in October, he's going to fly over whatever innings, you know, limit that they wanted him to be on this year. And so, you know, if it was a veteran pitcher, I think that's a little bit of a different story or a guy who's at least been up for a little bit longer. But now I I think they, uh, 
have to kind of treat it the same way with him because they don't want him, you know, throwing an extra, you know, couple innings for no reason uh, when that adds up that strain. And then if they need him, th- th- this is the thing is they don't, they don't want to need him in September and October because they want to get the rest of the guys healthy, right? Bu- Walker Bueller will come back at that point, but that sounds like he might be in a bullpen role um, kind of for similar injury issues. And as much as they would rather have all their other guys lined up and healthy, you know, it doesn't. You can't be that optimistic if you're a Dodgers fan at that point. So I'm, I don't. I don't think he'll go any deeper uh, than usual because uh, of of his age. Seven forty five p.m. Eastern. Marlins at the Cardinals. You know, I, I feel like I have to start off by saying, Jesus Lazardo, Miles Michaelis. Uh, Lazardo's on, on my fantasy team. Michaelis is on your fantasy team. We play in the same league, and I just have to comment and get your official statement about how you. Uh, feel about the, the matchup that just took place where uh, y- y- you just fell short this last week. If you want to tell the viewer about that experience. It's it's miserable because it's losing by one point, right? Like you, you look back and you're like, oh, there was some bad luck with Mikkel's yeah. last start getting rained yeah. out and all that. And then also I, I benched Tonkin thinking, oh, I don't want him to eat up of our start rules because there's yeah. I always think there's a great chance he goes enough innings to kill that. Right. So I bench him, he goes to like it's just everywhere I look, it's like, oh, if I would have played that guy, it's enough to give me the win. I can't I can't believe it was a one point game. That is incredible. Um I there's really just no words when you play, especially a two week fantasy match, a week and a half and and it's a one point contest. I'm sure viewer you've been there. Uh it, that happened between you and me and Jake in our in our league. Uh but we do own each of these pitchers here, Lazardo and Michaelis uh, in fantasy. Uh Lazardo 329 ERA. I know like metric suggests that's about how that he is that good. Uh Michaelis been very league average, 412 ERA. Advanced metrics say maybe it should be a little bit higher, right around league average, can eat some innings, which is very important for this Cardinals team. He's been going a lot deeper as of late, and that's exactly what they need because of their pitching woes. Uh, offensively, Cardinals offense definitely better, but the but the Marlins, of course, not only will have a starting pitcher edge, but a bullpen edge. This is really pitching versus hitting uh, in this one. Weather-wise, we're talking a pretty warm day in St. Louis, almost 90 degrees to start, around 80 to close. Wind will be blowing out. Uh, so you have a park that I always bench with St. Louis can play pretty pitcher-friendly when it's colder, wind blowing in. Uh, but on a hotter day, it can be a little more hitter-friendly, and that's going to be what we see tonight. Uh, pick on this one. I mean, the Marlins at plus 108. It is a B grade pick. Model says the Marlins win 51% of the time. Basically, slightly better than a coin toss at plus odds makes a lot of sense. Anything plus 102 or better gets that B grade. Plus 110 or better gets the A grade. So almost to that A grade threshold. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the Marlins here, even though I'm going against my guy, Nicholas. But uh, I think Lazardo is the better pitcher. And last time these two teams met, like Marlins took three of four, and two of the games weren't even close. Uh, and, and Nicholas got beat up too. He let up four. I get so much. I think the Marlins might have their number. I don't. The Cardinals' offense been feast or famine all year. It's either all or nothing. And I just I don't see him taking advantage of Lazardo. I think it's they're going to struggle a little bit here. I think the Marlins win this game. And, you know, I think the Cardinals are a great team to talk about. They're not the only one, uh, but they're kind of the prime example of this. We talked about this a little bit in the Discord. So, viewer, just as a reminder, as you're handicapping games going forward, that we cannot be just a prisoner of the moment, right? We have to try to figure out 
a way to assess how good this team is. We cannot just look at in-season records. And the reason I say that is, uh, you know, Dan Zaborski over on Twitter, a great follow if you don't follow him, has run for his model uh, zips. If you just looked at preseason projections, if you just looked at in-season results, et cetera, and, and has had a couple threads about this recently, talking about about half of the season, you want about a 50-50 mix between what's happened this season and the preseason projections is kind of your best predictor. And that if you only went one or the other and you just use preseason projections, that would be a better predictor than just using in-season results. And of course you want to use a mix, but that just kind of illustrates the point that this Cardinals team has been really disappointing. That doesn't mean you just want to write them off and completely fade them. We have to try to figure out a way to do that. Again, my model's trying to do the same thing and trying to figure out exactly how good this team is. So uh, we are fading the Cardinals here today. I don't think they're an auto fade. Um, we actually backed them a lot this weekend. Um, you know, and I think for the most part, that was pretty good results. The game that was it continued uh, was thankfully a push because the suspension rules uh, for, for for me and for I think probably for most of you, that was a, a push, thankfully. I think we got the Cardinals uh, as A-grade winners in the other two games. So I'm totally comfortable backing this Cardinals team. It's not that I, I, I think they're somewhere between the two. They're not as good as we thought they'd be coming into the season, but they're not as bad as they played either. And so we just have to kind of keep that in perspective. We're going to back them sometimes. We're going to fade them sometimes. I think this is a good spot to back the, Mar the Marlins at this price, which went back to what I said at the start of the show. There's no right side, wrong side. It's that this is going to be a pretty close team at plus odds. This is a good long-term investment here. Uh, Model thinks slight edge to the Marlins, even on the road. And Jake, I think you and I kind of agree with that assessment, whether you think it's 51%, 50, 49, 52, 53, whatever. It, it should be a tight contest because this Carlos offense is better, but – even though it's on the road with Lazardo, those Marlins pitchers, you give them a slight edge. You get slight edge plus odds. That's a pretty good combination uh, for a bet, right? Yeah, yeah, totally in for it. And, I mean, as the Cardinals, have, like as people keep talking about how they've struggled in their preseason versus what, what's happened this season, I think that makes a lot of value on them. And find and you just have to find the right times because I think that's like you said, the A plays a hit. I think they won their last two in a row. So I mean. There's a ton of value on the Cardinals when you start seeing any team really that has high preseason expectations and is way short of them halfway through the year. Yeah, absolutely. And and the the, the caveat, the asterisk to that going forward, because it applies to bad teams, uh, you know, and good teams alike is sometimes the roster makeup will change. And that's what we're going to see here the next couple of weeks with trades, right? Is that teams that end up uh, sometimes selling off, right? The, then at that point, the preseason projection is probably not a good indicator as a whole. And that's why, again, I have a player-based model because then I, you know, move, you know, move the guys off the different team and that kind of, it gives you your, your team strength. That's kind of the asterisk to this. A team like the Royals, uh, I would say in general, the Royals probably won't be as bad going forward as they've been, except for, as they continue to trade off any bit of talent they have, they might actually be as bad going forward because they, they will, you know, they will actually get worse uh, because there's no reason for them to hold on to anybody with, you know, as miserable as they are. Of course, I'm not sure how much talent they have, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, 8.05 PM Eastern Rays at the Rangers. I mean, this feels like I'm in New York for like one of the best series of the year here, two at the top three teams in the American league playing in my old backyard. There in DFW. Of course I'll be back there uh, for a good chunk of the rest of the year, but, but not for this one, unfortunately uh, Shane McClanahan and Dane Dunning. I've talked about McClanahan a lot. I just do not think he's as good as that 253 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be in the upper threes. I think he's a good pitcher. I just don't think he's great. Like that ERA would indicate uh, Dane Dunning on the other hand, uh, or, or maybe even more so I would say, 
really overperforming. I, I, I think McClanahan's a guy who's overperformed uh, how he's actually pitched, and the results have been there, but I just don't think it'll continue. I think he's, uh, you know, his ERA is going to start trending up. Dane Dunning, even more so. 284 ERA in his 12 starts, but the underlying metrics suggest his ERA should be in the mid fours. Dunning is definitely a guy that I think is great to fade because I think people are looking at him or creating value against him because people think he's better than he is. The results have been there. I just don't see it coming. Uh, or continuing to the back half of the season, especially against a team as good as this Rays offenses. Both these offenses are fantastic. It should be a really good matchup here. Model says this is uh, a pretty coin toss game. Rays would win 52% of the time. Uh, that would make a, for a price of minus 109. Right now, there's not really a lot of value on either side. Uh, but the total, we're going to go over 8.5 here. Model projects 98 Locked this in last night, sent this out to our dub club, told people we were going to cover it on the show. So we're not just covering on the show what we feel like. I, you know, I make the picks. Jake looked at them. We discussed, hey, what do we want to talk about? I sent this out to our dub club, said we're going to talk about this on show. It's already up to nine now. Don't know where the number's going to go. Just another advantage to being with us on dub club over there. Uh, now we win at nine. Nine's a relatively common outcome for baseball, but I still think over nine to make a lot of sense. Uh, again, model projects 9.8. Uh, weather-wise, should be a closed roof in Arlington, so no weather to talk about. But with these offenses and two pitchers uh, that I think are ripe for some regression in a negative sense, two sets of bullpens that are mediocre to bad to terrible, depending on the day of the week and how you look at it, expecting a lot of runs here. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like I, th- I think people, people are still kind of – all over how the race started the year. I mean, they started off, I can't take anything from that was amazing, but they've really come way back to where they should have been. And that's why the Orioles are only a game back. Like yeah. it's so, especially these two pitchers, I think McClanahan and especially Dunning, man. I'm sure Dunning is a great dude, but I, I don't like him as a pitcher. I think they're going to, They've been very lucky, and these offenses on either side are not teams that you want to be dependent on left on because they can absolutely mash when they need to, and they can just absolutely have huge rallies too. So, like, I think this is going to be a run fest, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun baseball to watch because scoring is fun. Uh, but I don't from a side perspective, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch this with a ten foot pole because I couldn't tell you what's going to happen. I just think there's going to be a lot of runs scored. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, Saturday's game was pretty ho-hum for the Rangers, but uh, Friday they put up 12 runs. Sunday they had that, you know, yesterday they had that comeback uh, and, and I, against a pretty good Guardians bullpen. And I think that's kind of what, what we're talking about here with this Rangers offense and the Rays offense matches them the same way. Uh, you know, when you got these offenses that can, you know, score at any time crooked numbers left and right, and we get with two pitchers that – uh, you know, I think Dunning, I think is very average. I think he definitely should be on a big league roster, should be starting. It's just I don't. I think people are acting like he's so great or whatever, and it's like I just think, again, the results have been there. I don't think that's predictive going forward. I think, um, you know, he's for the most part going to be just a league average pitcher, and league average pitchers should get hit around by Tampa, uh, and then this Rangers offense just gets score off of anybody. And again, it's not that McClanahan is is even. I think McClanahan's a good pitcher. I just think this this total is almost priced as if Dunning is good, McClanahan is great, and I think both are one notch below that. And like I said, these offenses are just so so dang good. Um, we're also going to continue that by picking Dane Dunning under four and a half strikeouts. Here is our prop of the. Day, uh, so here is the the 
outlier um, you know, forecast or, or whatever you want to call it here. Uh, under four and a half strikeouts here, you can see uh, Dunning has gone under this number 75% of the time this year, nine out of his 12 starts. Look at that 10. Uh, that's the Tigers, though. The Tigers are not the race offensively. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you know, just not a big strikeout guy, a guy who maybe can eat some innings for sure. Uh, as you can see here, for the most part this season, pretty consistently going six innings that one tiger start where again almost a complete game uh you know definitely a career start but the rays are not the tigers otherwise five or six innings uh is this one as straightforward as just dunning's just not a high strikeout guy uh why is this number so high rays are pretty middle of the pack with regards to um strikeouts jake you have any you have any insight for us on this one yeah like i just dunning's not a strikeout kind of guy, obviously, but look at his numbers, and I think there's a decent chance he gets chased a little early and doesn't make yeah. it to the six innings, and when you like, when you need five, you really want that sixth inning to yeah. go, so you have a little bit of buffer room. You don't want to have to average exactly one every inning, so I, I think if you think, like us, there will be a lot of runs, there's a chance both these pitchers get chased early, and it's more of a bullpen game, and that really hurts your player props, so for over, so like going under, I think is a very smart move here. And you can see there on screen, Dunning strikeouts per nine, uh, almost six strikeouts per nine. You know, it, to get to five, <laughs> that means he's going to have to go seven, eight innings probably, which seems really unlikely. Especially against this race off, it's like you said, it may be an early winner, and he could easily get faced in the in the fifth inning. And if so, it's going to be really unlikely that he gets five strikeouts in their five innings. Not impossible, of course, right? There's no lots of gambling, um, but definitely a situation where you know. You know, two, three, four seem like much more common outcomes uh, than something like five or six. If you are interested in seeing all of these great, uh, you know, metrics here, sign up at outlier.bet. They are an official partner of Picks with the Professor. Integrates seamlessly with your favorite domestic sports books. It pulls up the price from the big four. Allows you to shop around while also seeing all those trends and analyzing relevant data. Sign up today at outlier.bet bet slash professor for a seven-day free trial to so check them out and if you are not already playing daily fantasy also as a reminder thinking about the player props here thrive fantasy also an official partner picks with the professor you can pick an entire lineup of players enter a contest against other people or just choose between two and five five props that you like if they all win then you win new users that use the promo code sides or the sign up link in the show description will receive a 100% first deposit match up to $250. So sign up today and take advantage of some free money to play with. Uh, Jake, I think that is our show for the day. Any parting words for the viewer? No, I just want to keep I keep this role going. I'm going to forget about the White Sox series with the Braves that just happened because that was slightly <laughs> embarrassing. And, uh, I mean, Friday, was, was, Friday was good for you. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's the only game that happened in my opinion. <laughs> I think the White Sox are another great example of a team that probably, you know, if we talked about with the Cardinals can be a great team to back at times. Again, the caveat with the, the, the with that is, of course, are they going to trade? And the Cardinals are the same way, right? Are they going to trade off some other players? The Cardinals seem in this weird, maybe we're going to buy, maybe we're going to sell situation. The White Sox, I think, are firm sellers. And so if they start moving guys, uh, that's a question mark. The Cubs, I think, were probably sellers entering the break. Uh, you know, small chance of being buyers. Of course, after this weekend, I think they're firm sellers now. It sounds like uh, they may be interested in moving Stroman since they haven't been able to sign him to an extension. So just a lot of moving pieces. And again, a reminder, this is why 
uh, have a player base model is because it'll be it'll be able to instantly figure out how good these teams are and, and, and swap things around as opposed to using team based metrics. Um, Jake, then I think we will sign off then for the viewer here. Oh, Thanks. I, I got a, oh, I got, one question, more I got a question for you. Do you think? Question, if, okay. Let's put yourself. You're in the Royals GM. Do you think it's more embarrassing <laughs> that you're having the, that you're having this record and? Like you're trading off any kind of talent, or do you think it's really embarrassing you're sitting by the phone and nobody's calling because you're just that bad all the way around? I mean, I I I think that he probably sits by the phone and has a bottle of whiskey, you know, on on the on the end table because yeah, that's got to be rough. The issue, of course, and and it's been outlined right. The Royals have long been a, a team that unfortunately has been behind the curve with regards to their player management, player acquisition, uh, et cetera. And uh, you're just seeing it really come to fruition. I was see, I looked at their record yesterday and it just, I knew they were bad, but just seeing the number, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like you, a triple A team. kind of, you feel like a triple A team ought to be able to do that good. Right. I mean, the, the old adage in baseball is, um, you know, the, the, the best teams will win a hundred games. The worst teams will win 60. You know, if you, if you put a, a triple A team out there, they're going one out of three games. That's, you know, mid fifties. And I look at the Royals. I'm like, I'm not sure they're going to get there, which is kind of crazy. And, and like we talked about too, there's just not, I mean, they traded Chapman already. There's uh, one other reliever uh, that I'm sure people are interested in there, but otherwise uh, with, with singer and the down year he's had, um, you know, maybe someone would be interested in Grinky. I don't know about his no trade situation. If he wants to leave Kansas city, uh, there's just not a lot else at this point that, you know, maybe Salvador Perez, but again, he's also been a mainstay. You can see, I don't, I don't know his situation, but there's not a lot going on there. It's got to be really depressing if you're, if you're a Royals fan, if you're a Royals fan, you, you may be done on baseball. You may be ignoring them. And, and if you're watching the show, you're probably just, just doing the, the, the baseball betting and ignoring your own favorite team. As an Astros fan, I had a whole decade of that where I just ignored my team basically and watched other teams because <laughs> watching your own team is depressing in that situation. All right. Well, then we will sign off with that. Thanks for watching this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content providing this channel. Drop right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more sports betting tips. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>